Now then folks, if you are a motorsport fan, you probably know exactly what I'm going to be talking about next. Have you been a part of a boring lecture or just a random meeting? You have a notebook with you and you tend to doodle long circuit designs and you just wonder, well, what if we had this racetrack come into life? Would it be a good one? Would it be a bad one? Just how can that happen? How can this one doodle design of mine become a proper racetrack where drivers and teams go ahead and race? Well, today I am joined by two people who absolutely have answered my curiosity because they are the people who have worked on amazing circuits. Like for me personally, the new crown jewel of Indian motorsport, the Hyderabad Street Circuit, and also the Mandalika Street Circuit, which recently made its debut on the MotoGP calendar. And if you're a Formula One fan, most importantly for you, the modifications to the Yaz Marina Circuit. I'm talking about the folks at Driven International. Over the last couple of years, their work has really raised a lot of eyes in the world of motorsport. And on this episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast, we're going to be joined by Ben Wilshire, their managing director, and Dan Selby, the man who worked on the Hyderabad Street Circuit and led that project to explain more of just what happens and how do you actually make a street circuit into reality. Firstly, it's a great honor for us to have both of you right here, Ben and Dan. Thank you so much for taking out the time to join us on the Inside Line F1 podcast. And Ben, I want to start off with you on this one because it's a question that really has been puzzling me. When we often have a race coming in the world of motorsport, we just have a question, right? Is it a good circuit or not? The stakeholders of the sport have such a different mindset. The, the fans might have a different approach. The drivers might have a different approach. The commentators might have a different approach. And the clients that you work with might have a totally different answer to that as well. So according to you, just what really makes for a good circuit? I, I think it's always um, subjective, isn't it? Well, f- firstly, thank you for having us. Pleasure to talk to you. And uh, yeah, we love... Um doing work in India and uh, yeah, pleased to see that our profiles reach, reach you guys over there. So thank you for having us. Um, yeah, I mean, circuit, um, you know, what makes a good circuit? We, we get asked that all the time. Is it overtaking? Is it feedback from the drivers? Is it spectators? I think it's probably all of the above. Um, for me personally, I think the thing that I take the greatest pride from is really getting good driver feedback. So I think, um, you know, I've done some racing um, across the years and I think the things that always make a, a good circuit are um, is undulation um, and a mix of, you know, high, having one high speed corner. And I always say you have to hold your breath at least once around the track where, you know, every lap it's that corner where you think, oh, can I, you know, can I do this corner full throttle or do I need to lift? And it's like the difference, the difference there can make or break your lap time. Um, and then having a technical sequence as well. So I think it's having real character. My personal favourite track, um, having raced, and this is just here in the UK, is Alton Park. And I think if you look at that circuit, it has all of those ingredients. It has high-speed corners. It has a lot of undulation. It's got great character. It's in a park. Um, and it's got some good technical sequences as well. So, and, that, and I think a lot of drivers will always refer to that track as one of the one of the best in the UK. So... For me, that's it's more about the driving experience. But obviously, if you're a fan, it's about what you can see and like your experience at the event. Um, if you're an official, when you talk to some of the FIA direct race directors or marshals, you know a good circuit for them will be you know what functions well in terms of ease of operation. So we have to we have to consider all of that in our job um, to deliver a circuit. Um, but for me personally, it's about the drive. You know what, how it is to drive. And Dan, on the subject of that, right, when you have to please so many stakeholders, just what do you prioritize first? Do you prioritize what the drivers would be thinking or about the functionality of it or just also what the fans might think? Does it have enough overtaking opportunities? Because surely you'd love to have a good mix, but 
Where do you start? Um, I think a lot of it's dependent on the constraints, first and foremost. Um, what have we got to play with? What does our canvas look like? What shape is it? How long can we make it? How short do we make it? Um, so I think that's the first port of call is, is ascertaining what have we got to play with? Where are we going to put our paddock? Where's the entrance to the site going to be? So some of that helps to dictate some of the route, as it were. Um, when it comes to something like street circuits, it's it's kind of more of the same but slightly different. So it's, again, that ide- um, identification of where's the paddock going to sit. Um, let's come up with a few different routes. What's going to be the least disruptive to to the you know the general public? So it, it's kind of a similar process but executed slightly differently depending on whether it's going to be permanent or whether it's going to be a street circuit. But for me, you know, as track designer – um, I want to make sure that the circuit's very enjoyable. And I think that's something that Ben touched upon is is that character and identity. And it's one of those things that's quite difficult to ascertain exactly what that is. But we use our simulator a lot, our in-house simulator, to to give our circuits a go before even you know a, a spot of Earth has been moved. So you can generally start to identify whether it's feeling right um, and some of those characteristics are undulation, as Ben mentioned. Um, somewhere to overtake. Obviously, we don't just want to see follow the leader. Um, but, add, you know, mix some of those together and you start to generate a bit of a feel, a bit of character. Um, and also, one thing I quite like was, I think it's something we've spoke about before, is if you have a look at it in 2D, you see the line work of the track. I like that to be identifiable. Um, you know, with a lot of the Formula One calendar, you tend to look at it straight away and go, oh, that's Monza. You can just tell from the shape. I quite like our tracks to have that identity, um, something that looks a little bit different. That's always quite we're, nice. We're collecting, well. um, you know, the circuit maps. Um, you, we can, you can print them out and keep them now as like souvenirs, let's say. So we like them to look nice yeah. on the wall. <laughs> I think um, Dan, though, picked on a good point um, or a couple of good points there, like, with a lot of the constraints is really like the, I think the biggest challenge we have, and it's easy to criticize a track design is that we're working with so many constraints. You can get slightly um, tunnel visioned or down a rabbit hole with, um, you know, with problems and constraints and you end up designing the track to fit just around the constraints and you would just end up with what you end up with. Whereas I think what we do is we, we, we have to work with the constraints, but I think the key thing here that Dan mentioned was a simulator like if we drive it on the sim and it's not a good experience or the data showing that it's just not going to be a good lap time in terms of, you know, distance of the track and speeds and, um, you know, overtaking, then, then we have to address that. And it mm. means that the circuit, like for me, the circuit has to take priority. Like we can, yeah. we can engineer around other constraints, but the circuit layout has to take priority, but that's the, that's the balance that you, you you can't always do exactly what you want. You have to work within the constraints, but you must never let the track design end up as a bad result. So that's where it's tricky. So once you've identified the constraints, let's say once you know that at the Hyderabad Street Circuit, there's a leak right by one part of the track, then you can't really do much over there. How do you then go about it? Because I'm sure the series organizers must want a big paddock. I'm sure they must want a big area for the stands and everything. But you also want, let's say in some areas, wider corners, more space for the photographers. So just what do you choose first? What what do you go for? Because 
in in a street circuit i can imagine it it must be even trickier than because the government is only giving you so much land is how do you decide right. what to do with it yeah i'll i'll just quickly chip in there and then dan can chip on in detail because he he you know executed the project but like with hyderabad in particular the thing that the border said we actually looked at lots of different sites for that project we looked around at different sites um around the city and as you said the city you know you have to the promoter that's putting on the race and investing into the track has to have an agreement with the the landowners or the government or you know authorities that are, that are owning and, and operating the road so that's hurdle number one so we were able to identify that location as being you know even a possibility mm. which was which was great so once we reached that point we then looked at do we have enough road width and if you look at the Hyderabad street circuit, you mentioned the lake, the roads that are running parallel to the lake, they're decent width dual carriageways, essentially a multi-lane carriageway. So we knew, okay, we've got enough room here to, to create something. Um, the, the thing then that was the deciding factor was, well, where do we put the pit? It's all well and good having the roads, but where on earth do you put your pit lane and paddock? Because it needs to operate. So if you look back, actually, or, and, and it's online, if you look back at the very first design, we had like a T-shaped circuit. And the reason that existed was we couldn't get, we had we, we ran a lot of simulations and we were trying to, to make it work. We couldn't get anywhere to put the paddock. We only had the paddock in the south. And we were quite quite concerned about you know the possibility of um of the the fast fast corner up with no runoff by the lake um and that was really what derived that first t-shaped design it was a much shorter track as well because as soon as you go around that top corner you end you ended up adding on you know at least a kilometer to the track design and that's obviously a cost and disruption Uh so that was what drove the first t-shaped design and it was actually our our um client and we have to give them credit for it they pushed they wanted a longer track and then obviously <laughs> formula e um were looking to come there as well and that sort of derived a, a bit of direction for the change and then dan took that on and um you know modified the design i think for the better actually I don't know if you yeah I, I think all in all i mean it, it's interesting that you touched upon that original version of the track um which you know it was certainly a more simplistic layout it was it was an upside down t and the the rationale behind that kind of layout is as Ben touched upon his runoff. Um, obviously India, very, very well populated, very, very busy place. So if you can imagine on a street circuit, if you're trying to put in a bunch of fast corners, you're either going to end up off in the lake or you're going to end up in a building. Um, so we figured that the best way around that is to try and um, have as many long straights as possible and then come back on yourself, essentially quite a few hairpins. And while I appreciate it may not be in people's top five circuits of all time, the idea was to try and get a circuit which would generate um, close racing for the fact that it didn't have that many corners. It would keep everyone very close together. And a lot of slipstreaming and some overtaking for the big braking zones and the long straights. So it would have been amazing, just to say. Yeah, I, I think it would have created really cool racing. We, we played about with it a lot in the simulator, and yeah, it was really, really good fun, just in terms of keeping everyone super close together. So we originally designed that with just the um, the National Racing League, um, it, which like well, later became league, the yeah. India Racing League. It's the X one at the time, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Um, and then there was conversations with Formula E thereafter. Now, it just so happened the paddock area that we were using for the original T-shape, um, we could no longer use due to the enormous secretariat building that's been erected there. Um, 
So we ended up going through an area called NTR Gardens, which would later become the track that was used for the IRL and for Formula E. And what was really, really nice about it is we still managed to keep some of the carriageway section, which as Ben mentioned, was, you know, about 10 metres wide, which is perfect for a street circuit. Um, But then we also get to switch into this beautiful picturesque garden. So all of a sudden we ended up with the potential for a circuit with two completely different characteristics, which doesn't happen particularly often, especially with street circuits. So it was suddenly a completely different challenge to eventually go over there and see the site on foot because obviously we had this pesky pandemic in the way. So a lot of this stuff was done um, remotely initially, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. But when the the option came up for the park, start of 2021, um, we walked through there and we managed to devise a route that we thought could be fast, flowing, challenging, um, and then link back up to the carriageway section again. So all of a sudden became this this hybrid, didn't it? Yeah, originally the um, originally the Parkland section was off limits, that road, you know, and I think Completely. what we've done now with yeah. Hyderabad is we've actually, people refer to the park section, you know, it's a distinct, I, I like yeah. the park section of the track. So it's become a sector in its own right that's distinguishable, which is really cool. So I think it, and it adds a bit of... Um, adds a really cool backdrop to the lake section and then you've got the park section and then you come back round to the to the main um, the main start finish straight and pit paddock which we can tell you a little story about the roundabout as well in a moment but um yeah like the i think what we've ended up with is a really nice backdrop a beautiful um circuit for hyderabad to be proud of and also um i think more importantly we've left a bit of a legacy in terms of infrastructure for the city so the barriers that are um, along the carriageway, they're now improved motorsport barriers that are left in place in situ for the benefit of the road users. Mm -hmm. We don't need to demobilise and dismantle those every year. They're left in situ. The Parkland is a new road that's, that's that weaves its way through the, through the city now and and diverts um, from the secretariat. So I have to give credit again to um, RPPL and, um, Akalash Reddy, who was um, the visionary behind the project, he's, he's done an incredible job to to deliver it. And, you know, five years ago, we sat here and said, you're going to deliver a street circuit for a world championship level in India. I, I probably wouldn't have believed you, but I'm, I'm really proud that we, we managed to deliver it and pull it off. So, yeah, it's cool. And the evolution of it was quite incredible, too, because for the first IRL round when we were there, there were lots of things that were still work in progress. But by the time we got to round two, a couple of weeks later, and then for Formula E, the, the improvement and the upgradation of the circuit, if you can call it that way, mm-hmm. was just remarkable. But I've got two little nuggets that I want to talk to you about. You mentioned that the idea for the for the garden layout was up there in 2021 at the start of the year. Th- that's a while ago. So how did you guys, when did you guys rather properly start working on the circuit? And just how many layouts did you change? Because earlier on, the gardens were off the limit. Then you realized that they were apart. So just how much do you have to work on one particular circuit per se? I think that project took us, uh, it would have been 2018, 2019 when we started. So around, you know, actually it was 2019. So three to four years in terms of planning and delivery. And that was everything from looking at the first ever feasibility, you know, where, you know, blank piece of paper, where can you do this in, in, in Hyderabad? And that involved looking at lots of different sites just to get road width. So we spent a long time doing feasibilities, um, 
and looking at routes, then we have to go through the process of getting the FIA to approve the track design, which is not you know not, not an easy thing to do, particularly on a street circuit mm-hmm. where you've got lack of runoff areas compared to permanent tracks. <coughs> then you have to have that approval, and then obviously the local uh, local developers, local client has to get all of the permits in place. There's always changes along the way as yeah. well. You know, we can't move certain infrastructure. Um, we we wanted to retain as many trees as possible. So there's a real evolution. Um, the the I mentioned the roundabout earlier, where towards the end of the lap, where the pit bit there's a there's a it's an L-shaped pit lane. You you mm-hmm. might recall, which is quite a novelty, and that came about actually because the only reason originally we wanted to run straight up to the roundabout and do a ninety degree right. Obviously, you've got the statue there and the temples, which Could can't so we can't modify that roundabout. And we identified that there was going to be a runoff problem because you'd be coming into the roundabout and having to kink, you know, kink around the roundabout. So there was no straight ahead runoff. And funnily enough, we were on site and we noticed a gate into this, this, you know, deserted paddock area. So, you know, what happens if we just do a right left through here? We can create a cool chicane and, you know, is it okay to have an L-shaped pit lane? So we explored it. We came up with about four or five different ways of doing it. Diagonal, L-shaped um all sorts and uh, we we landed on the l shape we we had to simulate it to check the cars because physics physically drive through there and make it through the pit lane without easing off and formula e were were supportive of it and that's how we ended up with that solution so there's all these evolutions of the design but if you look back at the first site layout for that track notwithstanding the t-shaped track that dan mentioned it's not you know it's recognizable it's just it's just fine-tuned all the way along and i think that's probably fair to say for all of our projects um same with any you know probably the same as designing a car if you look at the first sketch versus what's built it'll always be different but recognizable Mm. hopefully wow so just at what point do you really finalize a layout and how many approvals do you guys need because firstly there's the client then this championship that you're racing with then the government to make sure things are okay does the project really stop and take a lot of time to manage all those things especially when it's a street circuit like Hyderabad and even Mandalika for Indonesia as well yeah, so um, obviously there's a lot of back and forth between us and the client um, initially to establish things like constraints, as we mentioned. That's a, a you know a theme that keeps coming up a lot. But um, yeah, obviously we come up with something that we're internally very happy with that we can then present to the client, ensure that they're happy with it, and then obviously depending on whether it's a street right street street race or whatnot, they then will have communications with the government with the city just to ensure that everything's okay on that front. Um, and then we need to look at that accreditation from the FIA. So the FIA um, require a dossier to be put together, which includes a track plan, um, you know, the vertical profiling, some cross sections. Um, so we prepare that dossier. We send that off to the FIA. We would then wait to hear some feedback um, upon them being happy with with the solutions that we've come up with. They can then grant a provisional um, license that final license is then granted um, upon site inspection. Um, so then and only then can they sign their name on, on the dotted line and award the license. But um, yeah, it's a lot of to and fro in, particularly with street circuits. Um, you know, as Ben just mentioned, that it's almost never final till it's final, really, when it came right. to yeah, you know, street making... circuits. There's lots of little amendments, even on site. Um, you know, if there's a slight difference between the survey in real life or if something has changed since then 
there's always all these little bits and pieces that you only realise when you're on site that may need to be um, slightly modified. But the FIA are really um, good and understanding, particularly when it comes to street circuits in that they understand some of the limitations, some of the changes, and that it's constantly evolving. So. But- the main thing on our side, really, where we add the value is, is the FIA approvals and the, the, the track safety approvals. You know, there's usually the the local, you, you need a good client and a good developer that's got a good understanding of all the local permits. Mm. And we work with them to try and accommodate any changes that might be required. You know, Hyderabad, we were constantly making changes because of, um, you know, approvals and you know, obviously we wanted to keep as much trees as possible and infrastructure that was in the way. So it was constant um you know updates but um really our, our, our job is to accommodate that um make sure that ultimately the race can happen and then and then to the, on the approval side is really the FIA and we as Dan said we run our own simulations first so this is what gives us a bit of a head start in terms of we're almost pre-approving our design mm. before it's submitted we're, we're very confident when we submit it that it's it's all in shape Maybe and we can answer questions. No major surprises yeah. yeah the way the FIA approve it by the way they have a commission a circuits commission who meet so you get a lot of race directors, safety officials, um, the circuit safety department. They'll run a simulation on the track and then they'll review it as a team. And then they'll give us a report back with comments on, you know, maybe changing a barrier angle or changing from a tyre barrier to, a, say, a Tech Pro barrier for high energy impact. Um, so, it, 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 you know, we, we have that sort of collaborative process with the FIA and we're obviously with um, in India with FMSCI, who are the national governing body you have been really good to work with so it's um yeah it's just a collaborative process back and forth but ultimately that's that's where our responsibility lies is to make sure that the track gets its accreditation we were quite proud to get a grade two license in hyderabad and i'm so curious about this part when you're at a street circuit like hyderabad just how involved are the government bodies essentially you're taking their land so do they have a lot of input in what really happens in the circuit and how involved are they on a day-to-day basis I think broadly, the you know we had great support from the government, so from HDMA to make this happen, and and to, you know the Department um, of Transports and and various you know ministers and and um, all the authorities that were involved in approving it, they they could see that there was a, you know a, a huge benefit for the city in terms of bringing this world class event and race to the city. So um, the the location was was approved quite early on um, in the process inevitably as you go through and you start to get into more detail about you know a certain tree or a curb line or a road or a, a barrier then you get into smaller sort of realignments of the track to work around mm. some of those things and that that was i think the last one that we changed was turn 14 13 14 there were some whips there uh, some walls and stuff that we had to move and thing that was done quite late yes um, yeah, just before i think a week or two before the um um FIA dossier was going in so yeah Dan Dan has a few more um great hairs now as a result of that <laughs> but it was but that but that's you know that's the nature of, of dealing in a street circuit so um so yeah that that, that was it was constant change really um, or constant evolution I think is probably a better word rather than change it was fine final adjustments yeah and, and just at the other end of that as well was um you know when it came to the actual construction just prior to the race we would uh, leave gaps in the barriers for some of these, you know, shop owners to be able to get in and out if they had things delivered. Because, um, yeah, the, the, with the road closures, that was, 
you know, it was only up until a day or so before the event that that came in, you know, came to pass. So it was important that there was still access there for, for some of the shop owners and whatnot. And as I well. think that's, um, Dan did a really nice, um, like scheme on the Hyderabad circuit where the Parkland was obviously a dedicated road just for the track. So there was no real minimal impact there in terms of disruption. In fact, it was a new road. Mm. Um, the the highway or the dual carriageway section that we used that was that was managed through diversions. The real impact was then just from turn fourteen to fifteen. But if you look on the design, we actually left. We only used one side of the carriageway, so all the shops and everything like this could still Which be accessed. Which was deliberate. So yeah. that was deliberate. Ah, and it's worked out so so well. I really love watching it and also playing it on the simulator. And that makes me wonder simulation and the driver you've obviously mentioned that the driver obviously comes first in terms of what you think of when you design a layout but how much driver input actually goes into the planning process and what happens in there what sort of feedback do you get from them and how do you tinker it accordingly i'm glad that you you enjoy it and you've you like the changes you've made and yeah thanks for the comments on hydrobat i think yeah i mean we 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 take the driver feedback really seriously i think at both stages of the project so with hydrobat we were actually talking to a lot of the drivers particularly during the indian racing league to get there because it was you know easier to to access and talk to a lot of them um so they gave us some really you know useful insights to the track so we'll take that on board mm-hmm. all the time and, and build up new contacts and 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 you know always looking online at driver comments and things like this but ultimately at the design stage um we we do a lot of work driver in the loop simulator so um just switching to yas marina that you mentioned in particular turn five which was designed here in in hook we in fact dan and i sat together and did the geometry on it um we played around a lot with that in terms of Mm. track width where to put the apex and we had you know we knew it was going to be a hairpin that was clear um, what we didn't then needed to do is decide, was it a late apex? Was it a harder braking zone with an early apex? And it actually changes the racing a lot. Um, so we built a few iterations of that, put it in our simulator, and we work quite closely with Karin Chandok, um, obviously a very you know, well-known Indian racing driver, um, one of the only two F1 drivers from India, I believe. Um, so Karun worked quite closely with us on that in terms of testing the track in the simulator, and for Formula One projects, we'd work very closely with Formula One as well and their internal department in terms of running different simulations and scenarios on the track. So there's a lot of analysis that goes into the layout before you fix and decide on one because it's much harder to change it later on once you've got into detailed design and construction. You know, you need to be sure of what you're doing. And we were, um, yeah, we were amazed and, and very happy with the outcome, in particular that it was, um, well... Not if you're a Lewis Hamilton fan, obviously he got passed, but who knows what would have happened if it wasn't there. But um, I think it was um, it made for an amazing finale, um, and I think I think the track did contribute to it, um, which we're very proud of. Actually, on the simulation aspect of it, that gets me really curious. So, when you're working with the promoter of the sport and also the governing body like the FIA or even the FIM for that matter, for a, for one of your circuits, just what sort of simulations are they looking at? Is it just also only the feel of the track or are they also looking at things like crash tests as well and how extensive is that process so the fia and fim and any governing body that their their main priority as is ours obviously is safety so they'll be looking at the safety and the speed of the circuit the runoff areas any potential impact with barriers and that's really what they're simulating so that's more of a 
a mathematical formula where they'll look at you know the the racing line around the track and and run off distances and work with us to advise us on um you know the, the safety of the circuit but we use um more driver in the loop simulation so it's more you know um more of a digital twin of the circuit that we build and so you can actually drive it on the simulator and we we like for us we're we're looking at it twofold we're looking at one what's the intuitive kind of feel of the circuit um how does it look and feel do you get a good good first impression as a driver and we work with lots of drivers in different categories from single seaters to gt and obviously we mentioned karun earlier who's one of our um, friends that we work with a lot on developing the track design so we we get some first round of comments from drivers you know this corner is too tight or i don't like this section or or this this needs to be opened out um but then really we start to delve into the data like with yas marina at turn five we were looking at top speed into the corner versus the apex speed so we're looking at braking you know what's the braking delta and how that might affect overtaking um but then also you have to be quite careful to look at the knock-on effect to the next turn so if you change one corner, what's the knock-on effect on the next corner and so on? Um, we can't afford to necessarily be speeding the track up or changing the speeds everywhere around the circuit because it then affects the safety at each corner or the design and characteristics mm-hmm. at each corner. So with turn five, we wanted to create a bigger braking zone into the corner to, to, to potentially allow for overtaking. But also if you look at the um, design itself, it also allows the cars to carry more speed generally through the apex and follow each other more closely and we 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 now seeing that they're able to follow each other more onto the back straight as well so into turn six um but the speed neutralizes again you're back to uh you know you're back to the same speed up at turn six which is important so we didn't have to modify any of the runoffs there so it's quite a a deep dive into a lot of looking at you know what what a race engineer would look at really um in terms of data of the circuit it's fun. So this um, is the challenge. For us. We went back and forth on a few des- design philosophies for Turn 5 in particular as well, didn't we? Because there there was always that option of having quite a cut and dry hairpin, um, just very heavy braking, U-turn. Um, but then we also spoke about the idea of perhaps having not quite a hidden apex in there, but a bit of a late apex, which perhaps wasn't as obvious. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what we went for in the end. If you look at it overhead, it's... Uh, it is actually quite an unusual corner. Um, it's very, very wide, uh, but the apex is quite late and it's not as obvious um, as, as some other hairpins. So the, the design philosophy there was create some different racing lines. The overtake that you do get there is probably going to be quite an interesting one rather than just, uh, you know, a, 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 a generic overtake into a hairpin. But more than anything, you're probably going to get some good racing onto the back straight afterwards. And what's been really nice is I've watched um, some of the GT racing there. And you do see, um, particularly when somebody's trying to follow the leader, they'll try something completely different through turn five to try and create something perhaps down to turn six. So I think in that sense, we were really happy yeah, with um, with how it came out. And then obviously you saw with, with Max Verstappen, you know, in a fairly unusual set of circumstances but making that move on the final lap it shows that there is an opportunity to do it there and it is probably going to be quite a brave pass um but if not there's an opportunity thereafter so mm. yeah we, we were really happy with how that turn in particular came out i end. think the other thing we asked marina as well that people don't 
like some of the detail that people won't have picked up on is that you're dealing with an existing circuit that's got asphalt runoffs, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we had to, and if you look on the, the layout, we've still kept the old chicane that was there originally that can still be used, by the way. So the apex as well being laid around the corner also works with the older chicane. So clearly if you put an early apex in, there'd be a curb in the way of that old apex of the old chicane. So you, that, that was a, a factor as well. And then also how do you get everything to tie back into all the existing, you know, drainage and runoff areas and everything. So it, again, it comes back to what we were saying at the beginning about working with certain constraints, but not letting them dictate it too much. You still want to have the circuit was still at the forefront. We, we had to make the circuit good, but it still has to work with all the constraints. So there was a few, few hidden ones um, that we were dealing with there as well. Um, so it was good. It was good. It was a challenging project. We also changed. Um, we also put in a new five percent um, banked corner uh, turn nine as well, um, which was probably the biggest change to the circuit that allows the cars to follow more closely and in, into the hotel section as well. So it's it has changed the character of the circuit um, quite quite a bit. Um, but we're really proud of it. Yeah, I can see a bit of a smile coming on your faces when you talk about that. It it really has worked incredibly well, Yas Marina. And when you spoke about the bank changes, that got me thinking so much about the challenges of it. Because surely, right, you're looking at so many different types of them. You're looking at, say, minute things that are deciding where the curbs will be, or what sort of tarmac will be there, or what sort of runoff will you have, or even how the drainage gets linked in. But also things like executing a banking. So amidst all these different things, just what really happens to be the most challenging part of designing a layout is it just convincing the people because the design is something that comes naturally to you um i think really so for new circuits oddly enough is slightly easier i would say because you have a complete blank canvas there's often less constraints particularly if you've got a site where you're working you know in a greenfield site um you know you can use all the topography you can you can you know, there's, there's no buildings usually in the way or existing features to work around. And a lot of our clients will really, they trust us to come up with the best design. You know, we've got all the tools at our disposal that we can come up with a nice layout. And um, we like to get input from, from clients and, and, you know, we have different customers where some, some clients that we work with, they are race drivers and they're yeah. car enthusiasts, others more so more you know, commercial property developers for example that are less less um and less on. less yeah less yeah. hands-on in terms of understanding motorsport so they really uh, tend to, to allow us to do our job and do it well which we're thankful for we always keep them in the loop and present you know present all the track design to them and try to explain it in the best way that we can mm-hmm. um with upgrades it's much harder because you're into okay there's a drain here or there's a building here you know turn nine at yas marina we would have loved to have made that even you know we would have loved Mm -hmm. to make it as steep as possible but the reality is you've got a marina on the outside you've got a service road that needs to be built um if we've cranked it over too much more the people in you know from the marina and the yachts wouldn't have seen the track (laughs) so you know there's there's things like this that you just can't well you could do but it probably wouldn't be in everyone's best interest so um there's that balancing act um we had uh, uh pipelines under the circuit as well generators to work around yeah. so the track kind of um again comes back to this the constraints <clears throat> the constraints do um impact quite heavily on your design but they mustn't dictate it that's that's the thing that i think we we always have in our head we we knew we wanted to have some 
super elevation on that corner. We knew we really wanted it to be a faster entry. We knew we wanted to carry the, the, the speed into the hotel section. So that was the brief. We made that happen, but we, there was an awful lot of things that we had to work around. So um, it's a it's a major civil engineering project at the end of the day. So it's um, and we have a team here that that look at that very very carefully. All the drainage, the civils works, uh, all of the gradients of the track, the curb installations. Um, so we created you know demolition plans of all the stuff that needed to be removed and reinstalled and what could be saved. So it's a it's a big process um, of design and then ultimately we're there on site as well to oversee it um so yeah but it's the constraints that make it rewarding isn't it because actually if you're given an enormous plot of land it's it's almost sometimes difficult to know where to start isn't it whereas when you've got these incredible constraints it really does get you thinking and it's ultimately very very rewarding you know like Hyderabad being an excellent example street circuit um, you know, spinning a few plates there to make sure that everybody's happy. And it's, it's those that can often be the most rewarding. And I think uh, um, Yas Marina is another good example where it's it's an existing facility, um, everything on top of it, the fact that it has night races as well, as mentioned, all the floodlighting and the generators and the fact that you've got the marina there. So you've got to think about it. But there's so many things that has to be considered that to come out with you know a good result is is really rewarding. I, I think with um, there's one big difference between Hyderabad and Yas Marina. Obviously, the fact that you know one's a street circuit in India, one's a permanent Formula One circuit. But the approach on it was that with Hyderabad, we were really starting from um, you know uh, you know, starting so starting a brand new project from scratch mm. with you know someone that never you know they'd never run a, a motor race before it was new to new to them so we really had to like take them on the journey with yas marina and this is what we tend to try and do with a lot of projects we've got established circuits we spent a long time talking to the operations team to understand how they you know how do you get recovery vehicles in and out where are your hot spots um you know what floodlights to use for track days because mm, yeah. we don't want to go into in, interrupt all their you know outside of formula one interrupt all of their track day business so we had to really get under the skin of how the track operates and how the how the how the venue and the owner uses their asset and then how can we best design to help them either keep what they've got or improve it and i think that was a big part of um of that project and it was really good we worked really well with our team there and it? it was nice and we, we made some good friends um, with their team and uh, yeah, I think, I think hopefully they're they're happy with it as well. So, um, but that that's a big consideration is the operational aspect as well. Yeah, that that's an important point actually, Ben, because <clears throat> you know I, I think what's easy to forget is the rest of the year. Um, you know, obviously a lot of people think about the main event, the Formula One, but you need to think about you know those Monday to Fridays or those weekends where there's no race events on where people are doing track days, they often use split versions of the circuit. So the configuration is completely different and we need to be very respectful of that. And, you know, essentially we don't want to make anything worse. We want to ask them, what can we do to improve what's there already? What can we do to make your life a little bit easier? So, you know, particularly on Yas Marina, that's a really good example of how we work very closely with them to make sure that what we were doing was actually enhancing day to day as well, not just, for the cameras for Formula One, but also operationally day to day, what can we do to make things um, run even more smoothly? 
Wait, so what was their brief to you? Did they just did they just come up and say, make this better? It's not fun enough. It's not good enough racing. Just make it better. Was that what they said? No, we had we had a, a brief, a clear brief from the circuit and from Formula One. Um, uh, and, you know, there were some ideas put forward from Formula One already for us to start with. So it was good. It was a good collaboration. Like the circuit already had an idea of where they wanted to go with this. Um but they used us to stress test those ideas and, and sort of sanity check and verify some of them. Um, we we were able to go into a lot more detail with the simulator and looking at like cross sections and grandstand views and things like that to make fine fine you know finer tweaks to it. Um, we looked at, we also explored other areas of the circuit to modify. To be mm. fair, so we looked at you know we looked at all every corner. We looked at the whole lap as one. Um, and then we worked with Formula One to execute on, you know, the concept. Um, Tilker had already uh, looked at it as well some years back, because we have to give credit there, where they'd looked at it with um, with Formula One back in the day as well. So, and it landed with us uh, working with Mark One Consulting. Um, Mark had been involved um, quite heavily at the circuit operation, operationally. So we were able to put our heads together and take the brief, um, develop the concept further. We had to look at how much it was going to cost to build, how long it would take to do, because we knew we had a Grand Prix to deliver on that date wasn't going to change. So, um, yeah, it, it was um, some sleepless nights, put it that way, um, <laughs> in terms of working. Um, but we, we were really keen to do it. And, and, you know, it was a good project for us to, to show that w- what we can do at Formula One level. Gentlemen, there's so much more that I want to discuss with you, but I'd like to end with this one last question for today about the people who you tend to work with, because you spoke a lot about the teams and within your within your team, in fact, that a lot of people and the design work that goes in, not just into the layout side, but also the civil engineering side of it as well. And also, I can imagine legal relations, talking to other people, managing all that side, and also putting out your work to the other people. So when you're hiring, when you're looking at people to get in as a part of your team, just what are you looking at normally? And what sort of people do you have in the team? What sort of skills do they normally tend to have? And is watching and having a proper understanding of racing a really big criteria? Um, I can take that one because probably do do most of that part of it. Um, but yeah, we've built a really good team, uh, a good team of people here. We've got a real mix of skill sets. Um, so we, we've got, you know, um, architects, so fully qualified architects will look at the building and the master plan and how this whole site functions. We've then got civil engineers that will look at the detailing of the asphalt, the curbs, the drainage, all the specifications for the track. Dan in particular is um, focused on track design um, and the simulation and, and FIA approvals. Um, and that's, that's almost the same, 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 similar background to myself as well as more on the motorsport side. So in terms of qualifications, say architects, engineers, and then and motorsport engineers and project managers as well. Um, I would say that there's a real split now. I, initially, obviously the company has stemmed from motorsport and that's mm. my passion and my background and racing and qualifications. But um, we've got a real mix where I would say 50% of the company are, are real motorsport enthusiasts. We watch, you know, we were watching a formula one, the Indy car at the weekend, you know, we're, we're exchanging comments on, you know, race tracks, you know, um, that, that's sort of 50% of the company. I would say the other half are really like more technical skill set. They're driven by the enjoyment of delivering like highly precise engineering projects. They all, they all enjoy what they do, I, I think. And I hope, um so we've got a real mix now so when we're recruiting we're looking at you know 
But do people want to be working on world-class projects, best in class at what they do, willing to go the extra mile? Um, you know, it's not a, a regular job um, where, you know, we, we, we all pack up and go home because it's the end of the day. Sometimes the projects require us to be here and put in, you know, significant amount of effort to get them done. Um, but I think it's highly, highly rewarding. So, you know, when you see the your 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 projects um, being used for Formula One on television or Formula E in Hyderabad, it's a real sense of achievement, and that's something that you'll you know you'll take with you for life. So, it's really cool to be able to do it. Um, so yeah, it's a real mixed skill set. Um, not necessarily all motorsport fans, but most you know half of us are. I would say yeah. pretty hardcore motorsport fans. Uh, the rest of the team just did really world class at what they do, whether it's visualization, engineering, or architecture. So yeah. Hopefully that gives you a little insight into who we are and what makes us tick. Yeah, thank you for having us. We'll uh, we'll let you know when we're uh, in India and uh, it'd be great to meet you and uh, hope everyone enjoyed uh, listening. <laughs>